Hello and welcome to the Binge Eating to Food Freedom podcast with Katie Papo. Our mission is to help you permanently end disordered eating, binge eating, food addiction, emotional eating, by creating a healthy and peaceful relationship with food. We are sharing simple and sustainable strategies to help you do exactly that. Please subscribe and follow and say hello. And if you haven't yet joined my email list, that's where I send out my highly detailed writings to help you implement all this even better. I invite you to join my email list now at katiepapo.com. Enjoy the episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Binge Eating to Food Freedom. My name is Katie Papo, and today's topic is a really important one because what we're talking about today is destructive habits, specifically three thought habits that I've found can derail someone's chances of ending binge eating for good faster than anything else. So what I'm going to do today is go through these three habits. And if you have any of these habits yourself, definitely take a good look and see how you can eliminate these habits from your mind completely. So I invite you as we go along, if you're watching live, write in the comments. In fact, say hello to me now. <laughs> Let me know that you're here. I see a bunch of you are here already watching. And um, I don't always look at the comments during the episode, but I always look after. So write down any takeaways for you that really hit home. Things that you want to remember, not just to let me know, but to reinforce that in your own mind. A lot of times, you know, you hear me talk about rewiring the brain and a big part of that is repetition. A big part of that is reinforcing these concepts because especially if you've been stuck for a really long time, what needs to happen is you need to start shifting your way of thinking and being and then repeating those new actions and behaviors and habits again and again and again. So um, that's what I'll invite you to do today is focus on, hey, this is a pattern that I've had. I'm not going to judge myself, but now it's time for me to eliminate it. So let me write down this takeaway to help me do that. Got it? All right. So let's dive into these three. Now, when we're talking about three really destructive habits, right, we need to focus on, okay, what are the things that are going to take me farther away from ending binge eating rather than closer to the problem, rather than reinforcing the problem, rather than fueling the problem? The first big destructive thought that I see again and again and again is that Binge eating and food addiction and eating disorders cannot be fixed. They can only be managed. And I'm, I'm seeing people with this mindset all the time. And this can come from a variety of places, right? This might come from, first of all, your own personal experience, because maybe you've tried many different things before in the past to stop binges to end your eating disorder, but you've found that they haven't worked or been sustainable for you. I've also found that a lot of people have actually been told that this is something that cannot be fixed and only managed. Myself, when I was first looking for solutions, when I first even recognized that I had an eating disorder in the first place, which took me 10 years to even come to that realization that I did have an eating disorder, 
what I when I first came across a lot of the the research and solutions was it was really discouraging because most conventional methods at this point, even the quote unquote highest and best, are still quote like looking for the cure, essentially. And and um I remember reading, I think it was a Harvard article not so long ago that said that the no the cause of eating disorders is unknown. We're still doing lots of research. The success rate is really low. And this is something that really can't be um, cured completely. We don't have the cure, but it can be treated and managed. So this is already quite a bleak outlook, in my opinion. And um, and especially for somebody who's already been struggling to then be told that you're stuck like this, essentially, and that you just have to learn to manage your own pain and misery. I mean, that's that's a really tough sentence. And I remember I was told the same thing um, with physical pain that I had and no one could figure out what the what the cause was. And everyone, um, you know, across the board, chiropractors, massage therapists, um, acupuncturists, all different kinds of physical therapists had told me, you know, this is just going to be something that you have to deal with for your whole life. You're just going to be in pain every day. Like, it's just something that you need to accept. And um, this was really hard for me to hear and also took a huge mental toll. Um, and a lot of times if we don't advocate for ourselves and advocate for the life that we want, we can get sucked into this belief system. We can get sucked into this belief system that it's not going to get any better. This can only be managed. It can't be fixed. I'm just going to be stuck like this every day. I'm always going to struggle with this. And I remember actually even, and this was years ago now, but I do see this same sort of thing happening quite frequently. But I just remember this specifically because it really um, hit my heart. I was in a binge eating Facebook group. It was like a support group. And, um, and I had already healed myself. I was no longer struggling with an eating disorder or binge eating. And I was looking to support someone else. And I saw that there was someone who seemed to really be struggling. And so I reached out to her and I said, Hey, this is, you know, what I found and here's what was helpful and here. And she did not even look at it. She wrote back to me this very angry comment saying, you know, this is a mental illness. This is not something that can be fixed. This is, you know, I'm going to be stuck with this for the rest of my life. And this is just fact. And I remember, you know, thinking to myself, how interesting that someone can, can um, with so much passion and so much energy, defend exactly what they don't want to the point where, you know, you're completely derailing yourself from what actually could be possible for you. You're not even open anymore to the possibility that this could be fixed. And not only that, not only are you not open to it, but you're actively defending the exact thing that you don't want. You're defending the idea that it can't be fixed. And there's a number of reasons why we might do this, right? I think one of the big reasons is because we're so afraid of getting hurt again, right? We're so afraid of being disappointed again that it's so hard to even put ourselves out there to try again and to be disappointed again. 
because we feel like maybe the pain of living with this eating disorder isn't as bad as the pain of getting my hopes up and then being disappointed again. So then we stay in that familiar, you know, I'm putting this in air quotes, comfort zone. Yeah, it's not comfortable because we hate it, but maybe it's more comfortable than putting ourselves at risk to grow and to potentially fall or be disappointed again. Right. I remember someone once asked the question, asked me the question, like, how, how, what was the question? I wrote it down. How long have you been comfortable in the pain that you're in? How long have you been comfortable in the pain that you're in? And sometimes just to get through the day, we tell ourselves things like, oh, it's not that bad, or I'm progressing in some kind of way because we have to get through the day. We're in survival mode. And it's so overwhelming to think like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be struggling struggling with this every day for the rest of our my life. So we tell ourselves things like, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It'll get better. But really in reality, we're staying in that stuckness and we're keeping ourselves there because we're just afraid of being potentially disappointed. And I remember, um, I just did a procedure on my hip and I've had chronic hip pain for eight years now and I've been in pain every single day. And this was the pain that I was just telling you about where, where I was told by so many that it would never be fixed. We don't really know what the problem is. It's kind of a mystery. You're just going to have to manage it. It's probably just the way your body is. And there were definitely times where I was like, cause I've tried so many things. I spent so much time, so much energy, got my hope up so many times. Cause there were always people who were like, Oh yeah, I could help you. But then it wouldn't work. And I would put so much into it. I would give my all and I would put all my energy and I put so much money into this and I would get disappointed a lot. But the thing is, which is harder right? To keep putting your energy into something new and to keep searching for the right solution to eventually find it or to just never try anymore and just subscribe to the idea that this cannot be fixed and that you're stuck like this and that this is how you're going to live your life. Like this is a personal choice, right? For me, I could not, even in the moments where I would felt dark and that it was tempting to kind of just give up and kind of throw in the towel and accept that this is my reality. I also thought, I have so many years of life left, you know, hopefully. I'm in my 30s, right? I have so much life left to subscribe to this idea of being in pain forever. That just seems, in, it seems kind of insane to me to get to throw in the towel. Even if I was in my 70s, 80s, 90s still, why not keep advocating for myself and keep trying and keep really looking for things that are the real real solutions and learn from the mistakes I made in choosing whatever past solutions I chose. What I discovered by doing this, I ended up having a neck issue and I went to this place to resolve the neck issue. And so I was looking into this procedure for my neck. And while I was there, I said, listen, I've been having this mystery hip issue for such a long time. The MRIs never found anything. I've seen every specialist you can think of. I've put, you know, everything into this for eight years. Can you help? And they did an ultrasound on my hip and they found a small tear in my labrum that the MRI did not pick up. So it turns out that not only is this fixable, right, but it also, you know, 
proves <laughs> that this actually can is something that can be fixed. And I find this with my with my clients a lot is pretty much everyone has come to me um, who I've worked with saying at some point, like, I feel like this isn't fixable until they start to see proof that it is. And and yeah, there's this there's still the fear in moving forward. Right. Even when they said, you know, you have this tear in your labrum, we can help you with this. My first thought was, oh, thank God. I was so happy and relieved. But then all that fear crept back in of what if this doesn't work? Then I'm really going to be at a loss. Then I'm really not going to know what to do. Then I'm really going to be disappointed because this is a big financial investment. This is a big investment of my time and my energy with all the physical therapy. What if it still doesn't work? Right. So all of those fears kept coming up. And I see these fears coming up with people all the time, especially recently, because I'm opening up a new program called Rewired Eating on May 1st. And I'm getting a bunch of applications and I'm seeing so much fear come through, so much excitement, but also, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm so afraid. And I see even the, the last few people who enrolled the last few days have said, I'm saying yes, but my gosh, I'm really scared, you know, because I'm really putting myself out there right now. And the, the beauty of doing something like that is not only are you saying yes to yourself, but you're showing up for yourself in a way where you're being your advocate and you're not accepting this idea that it can't be fixed. You're not being one of those people who's then defending, oh, yes, I am going to be stuck with this. It's a fact, right? If that's what you've decided, then absolutely you're right. You will not fix it. You will be stuck like this. If that is your reality and that is the facts that you choose to be true, you are right and you will be stuck like this. So the question isn't, you know, is it true, right? The question is, is this taking you closer to what you want? Are you actually taking steps to get yourself closer than what you want? Or are you staying stuck in that fear of disappointment? So I'm afraid to make a move. I'm afraid to take a risk. Because a lot of times to get what we really deeply want more than anything, there is going to be a risk involved. And we do have to put ourselves out there. And we do have to take that leap of faith. So one of the most dangerous habits that we can get in the habit of thinking is that this cannot be fixed. This can only be managed and that you are stuck. Let's move into the second pattern. The second pattern that is one of the most dangerous things to continue to think that will prevent you from ever ending your binge eating, from ever ending your food addiction and being stuck in this loop of restriction and being stuck in this loop of guilt and shame and pain is that there is something wrong with you, that the reason that this is happening, the reason why you can't fix this is because there is something wrong with you and that you are, I don't wanna use the word special necessarily, but that you are some kind of rare case where other people might be able to fix this, but there is something fundamentally wrong with you where you can't fix it. This is some kind of special condition. And some people label this in different ways. So some people will say like, oh, it's just, I don't have any willpower, right? I've tried all these diets. I don't have any willpower. I can't stick to anything. Um, some people say, I just think there's something wrong with me. Like there's something just in my brain that just can't be normal around food. Some people say, oh, I'm just not motivated enough. 
some people say, oh, there's just something wrong with me where I always just sabotage myself. Even when things are going well, I just sabotage myself. These are the types of things I hear all the time. And the problem with having this line of thinking is that first of all, you are living and going through your life with the belief that something is wrong with you. And imagine what kind of toll that takes on a person's self-esteem, on a person's self-worth, on a person's potential in their life. If you walk around with the fundamental belief that something is wrong with you, how do you think you're going to show up in other areas of your life outside of food? Right? You think you'll be affected in your relationships? You think this is going to affect how, if you have children, how your children view the world? So I wanted to think of, you know, an example. I was like thinking of, you know, past clients, like which, which of my past clients had this belief that something was wrong with them and what story can I share? And I realized that this is pretty much true for every single person, including myself, but include, but for every single person that I've worked with, everyone at some point has believed that something is wrong with them. And usually this comes from the place of you having tried to fix this for a long time with certain solutions like using willpower or motivation or dieting or food rules or therapy, and that these things didn't work. And because these things didn't work, you draw the conclusion, okay, something must be wrong with me. Now, what I found is that certain quote-unquote solutions that are really popular and are the most well-known that people use to stop binges or to, and to stop disordered eating or to lose weight, like um, trying to use willpower, trying to stick to diets, trying to lose weight, trying to follow food rules, trying to cut out certain foods completely, right? All of these things have something in common, right? They're all focused on restriction of some kind, all of them. And what that does is it creates a scarcity mindset in you around food. So two things happen. Psychologically, we start to feel deprived right? Because if you tell yourself, I can't eat chocolate, right? Starting tomorrow, I can't have any chocolate. What are we going to do today? Right? We're going to binge on chocolate. Now, a lot of people, when you've done this many times, you start to think something's wrong with me. I keep telling myself not to eat chocolate, yet I keep doing it. Meanwhile, this is a common natural response for anybody who is using some kind of restrictive or deprivation type method. Everybody, literally over 95% of people who diet regain the weight, right? This is not, in my opinion, a coincidence. And most people, right, if they continue that pattern of trying to diet and lose the weight, what, what happens is they not only regain the weight, but they regain the weight plus more. Because what happens is, first of all, you, I just talked about the psychological, but there's a biological piece. 
what happens is the body goes into this survival mode because when it's restricted, when it's deprived, what happens? It slows down the metabolism. Now you can't burn as much as you used to be able to. Now you can't, you can't burn the same amount of calories that you used to. You burn fat way more slowly than ever, or you just stop burning fat altogether. And not only that, but if you keep restricting yourself, eventually you're training the body to learn to store fat. So it is actually completely biologically normal that the more that you diet, the more weight you gain. The more you restrict yourself, the more you will crave. So for someone who's trying to stop binge eating by dieting and reinforcing this energy of restriction and craving, of course you're going to gain weight. Of course you're going to crave more. This is natural happening to everyone. I can't remember the name of the book. It's old, um, but it was it was written about a study. Gosh, I can't remember the name. doesn't matter. It was written about a study by um, a theory that in order to help people gain weight, he put them on a diet. <laughs> and what ended and he there was a warning around this this study because he said you might not be able to stop gaining weight if you use this method, right? And and this reinforces this idea that I've shared before that even one diet can create an eating disorder even just one. So if you've been dieting or following some kind of set of food rules or meal plans where there's some sort of restriction where you're supposed to eat some things or not eat some things or only eat certain amounts or only eat at certain times, what ends up happening very naturally is you psychologically start to crave more to the point where if you are depriving a lot and you've been doing this for years, you actually can develop a, an obsession where now literally you become obsessed with certain foods that you've that you've tried to stop yourself from having. So this is kind of like when we say the word trigger foods, a lot of times these are the foods that you've been obsessing about so much that now these are the foods that as soon as they're in your presence, you feel like you're totally out of control. This is actually a normal reaction to happen if you've been dieting repeatedly, if you've been restricting yourself in some way repeatedly. And not only that, but biologically, it's completely normal that the more you, you slow down your metabolism by restricting, by dieting, by cutting calories, by cutting out, you know, um, certain foods or whatever, any type of restriction like that, the body's going to have a reaction. And the body's going to train itself to store fat. The body's going to train itself to gain weight whenever it can. So then when you go back to the binge, you've already set up your body to hold on to that as fat. You've already set that up. So it's not necessarily the binges that are even the problem here. The binges are more of like a backlash of what's happening from doing this repeated restriction. And what's what's the, the wild part about all this is a lot of times the more we binge, the more out of control we feel. So the more we actually try to restrict, this is pouring gasoline on fire, expecting the fire to go out. The fire is going to rage when you do that. So there's nothing actually wrong with you. It's not your willpower. Not only is it not your willpower, 
But if you are somebody who has been able to continue to put yourself in diets for years, which take tremendous willpower because they literally go against your body's natural way of living, right? Because you're actively putting yourself in such a deprived state, physically, mentally, emotionally, right? Because you're doing that again and again, if you've been able to keep going with that, I promise you, you have stronger willpower than most people. Willpower is not your problem. Maybe it feels like it's your problem because you're trying to will yourself to not eat certain things and that's fueling more, but that's just a natural reaction of the mind and the body. The body will crave more. The mind will crave more. Of course, there's nothing wrong with you. This is what happens to, you know, 99.9% of us. I remember being free from binge eating for a long time. And then I tried going on this, like, it was like a meal plan, basically. I didn't call it a diet. I called it a meal plan. But as soon as I put myself on this and I had rules and restrictions, I immediately felt myself craving more. As soon as I caught what was happening, I stopped it immediately, focused on body listening like I teach you guys. And then it all, all the, the cravings and the, the mental anguish totally went away. So don't torture yourself with this idea that something is wrong with you. Nothing is. This, is. this is a normal reaction. The problem isn't you. The problem is that you've been believing that you're the failure when in reality, these quote unquote solutions have been a huge failure. And this is the main thing that is given to people who are struggling with binge eating, some kind of restriction men mentality or, or set of rules to follow. This is the main course of treatment for binge eating disorder. And it absolutely fuels binge eating disorder. And then, and then people are convinced that there is something wrong with them. Whereas this is the most natural reaction anyone would have going through that level of restriction and deprivation for so long. There is nothing wrong with you. And as soon as you can train yourself to return to rewired eating, to return to natural eating, now you're not putting yourself in those situations anymore that are going to fuel your body to binge or fuel your mind to binge. Instead, you're returning to natural eating. You're listening to your cues instead of all these rules. Does that make sense? Let me know if that makes sense. Let me know in the comments. Because once you understand that nothing's wrong with you, what happens, right? If I were to continue to think something's wrong with me, something's wrong with me, something's wrong with me, then how am I going to show up in my life, right? I'm not going to have faith that anything I do will work. Therefore, I'm probably not even going to try anything because I'm already assuming I'll be a failure. And not only that, but then what's your life look like? Just this undercurrent, this dark cloud hanging over you all the time that there's this unsolvable problem in your life because something's wrong with you and it's your fault. Imagine the toll that takes on a person after a month, two months, three months, six months, a year, two years, five years. How many years has it been for you now? Drop this belief. It does not serve you. If you want to keep the belief, fine, but know the toll that this can take on your life.
This can prevent you from ever getting healed if you believe that the problem is you and not the things that you've been trying. I've seen people again and again and again for years be convinced that something is fundamentally wrong with them. And as soon as they learn to rewire their eating, suddenly they don't have an eating disorder anymore in a matter of weeks, in a matter of months, when for 40 years they've been trying everything else that they could think of that didn't work, that only made it worse. Yet magically, as soon as we start to listen to our own bodies and relearn how to do that and stop with all of the things that have been fueling the problem, right? Magically, now your eating disorder is gone, right? I see this every day. I know it sounds kind of crazy and magical, but this is the kind of thing that I see with our clients literally every day. People of all ages, you know, well into 60s and 70s, ending their eating disorders that have lasted for decades in a matter of weeks and months. There is nothing wrong with you, and I've seen it again and again and again. And I say this in the most loving way possible. You are not special. <laughs> you are special, you know, in a different context. You're special because you are special as a human being. But your problem is not special. Your problem is happening to so many people. We just don't talk about it. People don't talk about this. There's so much shame and guilt around binge eating that we don't talk about it. And considering how common it is, it's mind-blowing how little people talk about it. But part of it is talking about it. Part of healing is talking about it and realizing that you're not alone and realizing this is not remotely unique to you and that you can get out of this just like anybody else by learning to eat naturally for yourself, by unlearning all of these old patterns that you've learned over the years. It doesn't have to take long. It really doesn't. I see it all the time. This is what my life's work is about, is to make this as fast and simple and efficient and easy as possible. And it can be done. And I see the proof every day. And I'm living proof. So the third, let's go into the third uh, habit. The third destructive habit that I see a lot of people thinking, and I've seen this actually as I was going through some of the applications for rewired eating the last few days, I've seen um, this come up a lot. And if you have this habit and you refuse to let this thinking pattern go, you will not fix this problem ever. So it's a really dangerous thought pattern to have. And that thought pattern is, is that you're too far gone or that you're too old. Okay, let me be clear. Whatever you decide will be true. If you decide that you are too far gone, you are. If you decide you're too old to change, you are. So in that sense, right, we can be right through our own self-fulfilling prophecy. So the question is, do you want to defend this belief? Do you want this to be true? Because the more you affirm this to yourself, the more true it will be. And that is why this is one of the most dangerous thoughts you can think. Because if you believe it, 
it will absolutely be true. But there's a choice. You can choose to not believe this thought. You can actually choose to believe a different set of facts that suggests that through the laws of neuroplasticity and through all of the advances that neuroscience has made, it's been found that humans can rewire their brains, rewire their thinking patterns, rewire their behaviors for as long as they live. That there's no age limit to this. There's no weight limit to this. Anybody can do this with a working brain and conscious, you know, being able to be conscious. Right? So if you if we all have this capacity to rewire our brains as science suggests, then the only way that you actually are too far gone or are too old is if you decide you are. Because as soon as you decide you are, you are completely closed to change. And that's it. And some people will choose this. And I'm not here to criticize or here to judge it in any way because I think we all have our own path and we all have our own lessons to learn in this life. However, I am here to ask you, is this the reality that you want? Because if it's not the reality that you want, it's time to take massive action in the opposite direction and show yourself that you are not too old, that you can do this at any age. You are not, you do not weigh too much. You are not too far gone to make changes. You're not. The only way that you are is if you think you are. The mind is powerful and the mind will generate thoughts, right? And sometimes if we believe the, well, whenever we believe these thoughts, they will become our reality. But if you refuse to believe them, right? Like even though I was being told that my leg was unfixable, right? My hip was unfixable, that I'd be in pain forever, right? If I had chosen to say, yeah, I guess that's right. What, what would make me keep looking for solutions? What would how would I ever have even found the solution that I had if I wasn't looking? And here's one thing that I found is that some people, when you believe that you're too old or you believe that you're too far gone, you might still go through the motions of trying to get help. And I see this sometimes. I've seen it in a few applications I've gotten recently, not the majority, but I see it here and there that someone is saying, yeah, 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 I'm interested. I'm reaching out for help, but I know that nothing's really going to work and I know it's impossible. Okay. Why are you here? right? You're going through the motions of reaching out for help because that's been your habit. You've been trying to get help for this for a long time, but now it's empty. You're reaching out in an empty way because deep down, yeah, you're going through the motions, but deep down, you know that you can't fix this for yourself and you've already subscribed to that belief. And if that's the case, just lay down and take it, right? Don't try. Don't waste your energy on trying anymore. That's an option. That's a real option. You don't have to try. You don't have to end this. But if you want to end this and you're ready to end this, it's time to take action to end this. Ask yourself, how much longer am I willing to be comfortable in this pain? Or can I admit to myself that it's bad enough 
that I'm willing to take a risk. I'm willing to take a leap of faith. I'm willing to let myself be disappointed, right? I'm not saying you will be disappointed, but sometimes in order to put ourselves out there and be brave, we have to be vulnerable. Saying yes to ourselves doesn't mean we don't have fear. Saying yes to ourselves means that maybe we have fear and maybe even a lot of fear. But because on some deep level, we love ourselves and we're not giving up on ourselves. And so we're saying yes anyway, even with the fear. And that's what bravery is. Bravery isn't the absence of fear. Bravery is doing it anyway, even though you're afraid. Is showing up for yourself anyway, even though you're afraid. And if you want to end this permanently, that's the kind of mental pattern to get into. I'm showing up fully, even though I'm afraid. I'm saying yes to myself anyway, even though I'm afraid. You don't have to get rid of the fear. There can be the two polarities, right? We can allow both to exist. We can allow courage and fear to exist at the same time. Courage could not exist without fear. Otherwise, there's nothing to be brave about. So ask yourself and get into your heart for this. Are you willing to say yes to yourself? Do you love yourself deeply enough to say yes to yourself even if you're afraid? The more you fuel this type of feeling and this type of thinking to say, I'm saying yes to the love for myself. I might feel the fear, but I'm not letting it make my decisions for me. I'm here to get the solution, not just to stay comfortable in my pain. I'm here to get out of the pain. I'm here to put an end to this, not just to try to take it while it's happening and try not to be miserable while it's happening. Right? There's a huge difference here. And this makes the big difference between the people who will end their eating disorders and the people who just won't. And like I said, there's not a right or a wrong path. It's not that people who don't end their eating disorders are bad and that people who do end their eating disorders are good. It's a matter of what path do you want for your life? This is your one life as you. You get to decide how to do it. So are you going to defend the beliefs that you don't want? Are you going to defend the future that you don't want, saying you're too old, saying that there's something wrong with you, saying that um, this can't be fixed, it can only be managed, right? Do you want to defend those beliefs? Because if so, that's the direction you're going to go. That's the direction your life's going to go. If not, choose the new beliefs. I can absolutely fix this. I'm saying yes to myself. I'm going to give myself the help that I need. And my I'm going to get this done. I'm going to end this. I'm ending this chapter in my life so I can move on and I can be present in my life where I'm not consumed by food anymore. I can enjoy being with my family and not think about how many calories is in that. I can be present with my kids and not think about Oh, I hope, I hope I can be alone later so I can binge. Or you can be present and put your energy into your work, whereas instead of being afraid of, you know, what people are thinking of you when you're around or feeling shame or 
being wrapped up in I should or I shouldn't eat this. Being able to go out to a restaurant and not debate yourself mentally the whole time and whether you're going to get dessert or not and how many calories are in that. You can actually just enjoy the company, right? These simple things that we miss out on when we're consumed by an eating disorder. We can have all of that back, but we need to have the beliefs that yes, this can be fixed. There is absolutely nothing wrong with me. I can train myself into natural eating just as any natural eater. And not only that, but this is not only am I not too old, not only am I not too far gone, this is my time. I had to go through what I went through, right? And you, it's true. You had to go through what you went through to be where you are now. You learned a certain set of lessons to be where you are now. But now you might be being called to learn a different lesson and to actually step out of this pattern and to actually be brave and do something different and take a massive action for something different. We had somebody um, who just reached out to me today who said, hey, I want to join Rewired Eating. She had applied. She said, I'm 74 years old. I've been dealing with this my whole life. And I'm super afraid to say yes, but I'm saying yes, and this is my time. How beautiful is that? 74 years old. And if you're not 74 yet, you don't have to wait till you're 74. Right? And if this is the right thing for you, if you've been following me and you believe that rewired eating is the right path for you, where you really want to end your disordered eating, return to natural eating, have this peace and this ease with food, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to require you to be brave. It's probably a bigger commitment than what you've made before. Emotionally, right? Because you've probably been disappointed before. You're going to have to let yourself take that leap of faith, right? Financially, it might be larger than what you've committed to yourself before at one time. This might be a lot of skin in the game for you, right? Time-wise, energy-wise, this will, this will take some of your attention. But what I can promise you is that it will not take more of your time and attention than your eating disorder has. It will not take more finances than your eating disorder has robbed you of continuously over the years. And it will not take any more of your energy than what has been stolen and consumed by all of these thoughts of food. There's a big difference between a cost and an investment. A cost is something that just takes, right? When you invest in yourself, you expect to get something back. So you put in energy, you get energy back. You put in money, you get money back. You put in time, you get time back. That's how to look at your next chapter, right? Whether it's with me or whether it's with someone else, doesn't matter. That's how to look at it. Rewired eating might be for you. If it is, send me an application and apply and we'll make sure that it is. And if it is, you can start right away. If it's not the right fit for you, I'll send you to what is and I'll do my best to do that. So no matter what, you'll still make your progress. But the truth is, is no matter what you choose, if it's a real solution, you will be required to let go of these old dangerous patterns of thinking that it can't work, that it won't work, that you're too far gone, that something's wrong with you. It will require you to let go of those beliefs no matter what. No matter what solution you choose, if it's going to work, you need to let go of those beliefs. 
and you will need to be brave. And that's a beautiful thing. Because every time we're brave, we grow ourselves. And every time we're brave, we strengthen ourselves. Every time we're brave, we get closer to our own soul. Because now you're your own advocate. You're being a friend to yourself. You're giving yourself what you need. And that's part of healing this. That's part of healing your eating disorder is actually giving yourself what you need. And stop being in this pattern of depriving yourself of what you need. You've been depriving yourself of your basic needs of food. Don't deprive yourself of your need for help too. Deprivation is a pattern. Deprivation is a habit. But at the same time, through neuroplasticity, we can rewire ourselves. We can say, you know what? I'm not going to deprive myself. I'm going to give myself what I need. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to be a friend to myself. I'm going to listen to my body. Me and my body are going to be on the same team. We're not going to be at war anymore. And that's what rewired eating is all about. All right, guys. So these are the habits to let go of and embrace your bravery and embrace who you really are and embrace your heart because there's nothing wrong with you and you can absolutely fix this 100%. I don't doubt it for a second. So I'm going to see you next week on Wednesday's podcast. And if you'd like to join Rewired Eating, send me a message through email or private message for an application. I do have a screening process because I know most people who work with me, 99% of the people who work with me have tried many things before. And I don't want this to be something to add to your fail failure list. So I make sure it's a fit before I work with anybody. So reach out. We'll have that short conversation. We'll make sure it's a fit. And if it is, you'll get started right away. All right, guys, talk to you soon. See you on Wednesday for the next episode and write your takeaways in the comments. Bye, guys.